Well, hello there, my friends. Um, I would like to welcome you back to another episode of Catch and Disease, specifically season four, episode two. Um, there's an elephant in the room, and it is that um, <laughs> this episode's promotion was minimal. Um, this episode is coming a little bit, uh, a little long after episode one. Uh, that was not in the plan. Nevertheless, we move. Um, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want anybody bringing it up. I don't need that. Uh, we're just going to continue to move forward and make a conscious effort to do better. Okay, so let's just leave the past in the past and focus on the future. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. So <laughs> now that I got that out the way. Um, like I said, I want to welcome everybody back. Uh, part of why episode two is a little bit late is because I was busy with my grown up job as well as celebrating my 25th birthday. I just had a birthday a couple weeks ago and, um, <laughs> I had to keep it low key and inside because your girl been tired. Like that's just really it. I just needed a break. And um, I had a quiet birthday weekend in and the challenge was to not have to do anything, even though I still ended up doing things. But the point is, um, I've been taking some time where I can to rest and recharge and now we're back and um, I'm not proud of this episode being filmed like less than six hours before it's being published. But like I said, nevertheless, we move and so we are moving forward. Um, but it's okay. Y'all know how this goes. These usually end up being, not usually, all the episodes are solid. So it is a-okay. I still have a plan. Um, I just wanted to give it some more time, but here we are. I'm rambling. I'm stalling. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get into the episode. So thank you for returning. And, um, this episode is actually, uh, not that it's heavy, but I am revisiting some heavy content matter, uh, that I've shared before on this platform. Um, I don't think there's any, uh, trigger warnings necessary, but just, you know, if, if you, if you hear me, uh, if it takes a little bit of time for me to get a thought out, um, that's probably just because I'm over here getting emotional, but trying to thug it out for the audience. Okay. So just, let's just work with me, please. Thank you very much. So this episode is titled recalibrating my internal compass. Uh, and it is inspired by a conversation that I had with my mom a little bit ago. And while we were talking, I had to stop and take notes just because we were we were discussing things. We were making some points. And I was like, damn, uh, this this is real right now. Hold on. And I was just getting a lot of answers to like general questions that I'll pose just over the course of life and stuff. And um, well let's let's dive in so to give you some context if you're new here 
um, I've discussed that one of the turning points in my life was in the year 2007 where um, we were evicted from my like childhood home. We lived in an apartment and uh, it was just a really, really rough situation. Like the fire marshal came, my mom wasn't there. Uh, I was with my sister and my brother-in-law, but he was not my brother-in-law yet. Uh, and they were literally on a visit from Florida and we were all getting ready to like start our Monday. It was a Monday and a loud bang came on the door and I didn't actually know what was going on, but I just remember being incredibly just, I was, I was shook. Um, and I ran to the bathroom and I grabbed my youth Bible <laughs> and took it to the bathroom with me and just kind of locked the door and just was, I was listening to what was going on in the hallway. And basically, you know, uh, I, I believe it was the fire marshal and he's like, yeah, you guys have, you got to get out of here. Like you're being evicted, you know, it was just a lot. And everybody was like super confused and it was a lot going on. <laughs> and I was, uh, um, I was 11 or I was going to turn, I was 10 years old at the time. I was a couple months shy of my 11th birthday. Cause this was in like, uh, I want to say it was, it was the end of June when this all happened. So that was a turning point for me in my life because it uh, <laughs> led to a lot of stuff. Uh, one of those things being my very tormented relationship with money, uh, which I've talked about time and time again on this podcast, and I will probably continue to do so. And um, it also helped kind of what helped me redefine, you know, what success means to me and you know what I want my life to look like things like that um and it also tested my faith so there was just a lot that was associated with this and you know my mom and I were talking about this and uh one of the things that struck me the most was that it still strikes me is that you know this was our first event together like in at least in my life or rather in our in our relationship as a mom and a daughter um you know that that we had an issue this this large and this big and obviously you know it was a very traumatic time it was very stressful but in addition to all of those other things that I just you know listed and how frightening it was in the aftermath of it all that was the first time that I you know really had to sit with the fact and realize that parents are humans too, you know, um, up until that point, they were still very much parents and like adults in general, specifically parents were basically these all knowing people and they always had the answers and, you know, they were, they were superheroes. And first of all, my mom is still very much my superhero, so don't get it twisted. Um, but this was the first time that I saw like in the aftermath of all of this, I saw her cry for the first time in my life. Like, cry tears of like pain um and that was really you know that was that was that was hard to to see and it was just her and I at the time and I you know I'm sitting here trying to figure out what I can do and you know I'm again like I'm 10 right and uh that's around the time I I I, I would suggest I guess that I started to kind of um take on burdens that were not my own you know I've always been like the sensitive type and I always want to help people where I can but this was the first time like in a real world capacity that I was now trying to like bear a burden that wasn't mine to bear and that's a theme that (laughs) it's a theme that has followed me in many aspects of my life since 
And so the first time I'm seeing my mom cry, this is the first time I realized that I wasn't invincible. Um, And this was also the first time that I like questioned God, right? I'm a Christian. I'm a lot of Christian faith. And up until this particular point, I, not even, okay, let's rewind a little bit. I got baptized in the church when I was eight. I had a christening when I was a baby, but I got baptized um, and in the Baptist church. So, you know, that's a decision that you make on your own uh, once you get baptized and then you go through like the teachings and stuff and then they dip you in the water and then you're, you know, reborn uh, in, in the image of Christ and you're dedicated to living, you know, a Christ-filled life, right? And so I did that in 2006, the year I turned nine, but I was eight at the time. So between 2006 and, dang, 2000, wow. I'm sorry, 2004. I can't do math. 2005. There we go. There we go. <laughs> 2005. It was Easter Sunday. I was turning nine that year. I was eight years old at the time. And um, between that time, I was like, you know, if I'm going to be, you know, a baptized Christian, I got to walk the walk. I got to talk the talk. And, you know, I would, my mom definitely encouraged me. She was like, you know, spend time with the Lord each day. And uh, for me, that meant either reading my Bible or I put on like a gospel CD that we had and spend some time in my room, you know, doing my own praise and worship. And in life in general, you know, separate from my my walk in Christianity, I was um, my understanding was that, you know, uh, asking you shall receive and you know, do good and good will be done to you. And obviously I'm, I'm, I'm young, right? So I'm taking that in a completely like literal way. And it's very materialistic and, you know, based in, in, in the flesh essentially. Right. Um, and so all of, all of this, this whole thing is, is me now kind of being faced with the, the truth of it all. Um, that no, that's not how any of this goes. Um, and I couldn't understand why that's the part. So I was realizing that, you know, bad things do in fact happen to good people. It doesn't matter what you do, but I couldn't understand why I was taking it very personally. I was like, man, like this is because I did this one thing in pre-K that I don't remember. And now that's why we got, we lost our home. (laughs) Like that's, that's how I was, I was understanding it. Um, So all of these things, basically, the truth of the matter is, regardless of how much I don't even want to admit it, I lost a lot of faith in the world, in myself, in just in just life in general. Um, and I won't talk about the emotional distress that I was under at this time. I think I talked about it in other episodes. We'll save that for an episode that actually deserves a trigger warning. But I... You know, all things considered, right? I, 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 I got through it, right? I, I handled everything as well as a 10, 11, 12 year old could. I'm here to tell the tale. Um, but obviously, you know, post 2007, I'm no longer, you know, approaching life with the same gusto that I was doing so, or that I was approaching life with you know prior to all of this which it you know it, it happens to everybody in some way right you, you grow up that's what all the movies say right once you're done being a kid quote unquote and life gets real all the magic is gone and for me it started uh when I was 11 and like any good story also though there is a redemption arc happening 
um, because now as a grown-up, a 25-year-old grown-up, um, I am actively on a quest right now to go back to all of the things that I love. Again, this is the, the theme of this this season, Back to Basics, and it's like who we are at our core is the things that we want. Um, and on this journey, because sometimes I do these 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 like reflections, I can't help but wonder like what things would look like how would things have gone if I continued to pursue life with excitement and with vigor and didn't get you know distracted by (laughs) the cruel realities of the world um and this is not to you know be like oh uh I wish I could go back in time and change things I don't because I do believe that things happen for a reason and I don't have any regrets, but it is fun to wonder. You know, I was talking with some friends this this week and we were reminiscing about high school. And I can say like 10 years ago, I was in high school, which is nuts to me, right? I was a, a sophomore in high school at the time. And, you know, I think about my, my high school experience and the things that I did and the things that I didn't do. And I'm like, wow, like what what would have been different? Like what would I have like pursued? Um, if I was, you know, still excited about life, like would I have applied to like an Ivy League school or would I have said, actually, no, I'm not going to go to college. I'm just going to start a business or something like that. You know, would I have taken like a gap year to try and travel? Would I have not let basically the question I'm asking is, would I be the type of person that didn't let money get in the way? You know, a lot of my decisions I've realized lately have been um, in response to like, the fear of not having money or not having access to money and while I do have a lot of accomplishments in life um if you look at the root of like a lot of them it's me trying to prove myself worthy of like success because my again my definition was completely warped after 2007 and I'm trying to like I think redeem myself in some way and also uh just I guess try to prevent no I well not I guess I am trying to prevent things like that from happening again in my own personal life so all of these conversations have just had me thinking about um untapped potential and it's why I again titled this episode you know recalibrating my internal compass because when my mom and I were talking I just noticed that you know I I, I lost in a sense I lost direction um, back in 07. And (laughs) it's so, it's, God, it's so funny, right? Because the answers, all of the answers that we, or rather the questions that we have about life, you can, you can boil them all down to like some common themes. Like if you really like take a minute and like, you know, just like, just unearth all of them, go through the layers and that's where it's a Shrek and his onions. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I, I was doing that. And basically, it's like the things that bring me joy, the things that make me happy are consistent with the things that brought me joy and made me happy from when I was younger. Right. And yes, we live in a material world. So a lot of it manifests itself in a material way. But, you know, it's it may. Well, I guess I'm not going to generalize for everybody, but once I actually sat down and was like, all right, let's get to the root of it. It was not difficult to get to the root of like what those things are um, and were. And 
so when I was, you know, we were having this conversation, I was like, wow, I feel like I'm getting back to center. Um, I feel like I'm finding my way essentially. Like I, I think there's a direction now in life that I need to pursue that not that I was like completely gone off course. Right. But there's just a lot of, there was a lot of, uh, ambiguity. I was, I was operating in a lot of ambiguity and I was just like kind of pretending like it was all good. Um, and everything was clear and it wasn't, and not that life is ever going to be like, you know, a walk in the park and you're going to know everything that's going to happen or whatever. But like the important piece is you have to be sure of yourself and you have to be confident, like in you and the things that you do. And I was, you know, faking a lot of my confidence for a significant portion of my life thus far. And I don't want to fake it. You know, I want to be able to really feel my feelings in, in, in every moment, you know, and if I'm feeling confident, I want to feel that confidence. If I'm feeling sad, if I'm feeling scared, like I want to acknowledge those feelings and leave space for them. And I realized, yeah, like I, I, I was assigning a lot of like, a lot of divine value to material things. And I realized how silly that was. <laughs> and once I realized how silly that was, it helped me. It just, it just helped. Um, and there's two, two points to that piece. So one part is I was watching a church sermon and the pastor, it was an online church sermon. And he was talking about, you know, when people question God in the sense, like, you know, God, why does X, Y, and Z happen? you know, why do bad things happen to good people, blah, blah, blah. And of course, like whether, you know, you're a person of faith or not, that's a question that a lot of us typically ask, right? Like we see people who are like literal saints and angels and like we see awful things happen to them in this life. Um, and it's like, why? Like this person, like whether or not we know them, like we know at our core, like they didn't necessarily deserve that awful stuff that happened to them. And, you know, that's, that's something I griped with. And that's, that's what I was thinking back in 07. I was like, man, like I thought I was living like a good, wholesome life. And yet this awful thing happened to me. And it's like objectively awful, right? Like there can be things that like are bad and they like they are bad. And then later on it's like, oh, wow, you know what? That was actually super important. You know, like whatever, like there's, there's a lot of room for nuance here, but you know, that's what I was thinking. I was like, you know, I've lived, I feel like a pretty good life. Why is this bad thing now happening? And I could have easily gone down the route of, okay, well, if I did good and bad things happened, then what's the point of stopping me from doing bad things, you know? And, um, I don't necessarily think that's like the healthiest way to do it, but I think some of the, the thinking around that in, in the sense of, you know, life is going to be what it is, so follow your heart. But anyway, okay, sorry, I'm getting off track. <laughs> so the 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 pastor, the church sermon was Pastor Mike from First Corinthian Baptist Church in New York City, FB, F, FCBC NYC. There we go. If you want to tap in, you know, I forget what scripture he was pulling from, but he he talked about how, you know, us as like man, right? If If we are, if we call ourselves Christians and our whole thing is to follow the word of the Lord, you know, the one who, you know, the master of the universe, the one who created the world in, in six days and rested on the seventh. Like if that's who we are supposed to be everywhere in the Bible, you see it's, it's trust me. It's, you know, don't, don't question me in the sense, you know, have faith in me, those things. And there's a lot of examples in the Bible too, of, you know, men um, doing the opposite of, of what's, what's been instructed. And 
you know, Pastor Mike was saying how we question God a lot, um, but we question him over like man-made problems and we're looking for divine solutions to man-made issues. And, you know, if you want to approach this, like, I guess in a more formulaic way, right, it stands to reason then, you know, if there's an almighty being um, that can do anything, of course, they can solve a man-made issue. And that's, that's not, you know, what I, that's not what the conflict is. I think the, the issue is just more so, you know, we've gotten so far removed from the things that make life worth living and the things that make life beautiful and you know divine i want to use that word we've gotten so far removed from it that you know now our problems are for the most part um you know they're 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 man-made you know and you know when you think about you know all the great philosophers and things like that and people who just kind of seem to get it you know people who are kind of they're on a different they just operate on a different plane than the rest of us you know, all of the things that they talk about that lead to fulfillment are for the most part, like abstract. You can't, you can't place it somewhere. You can't necessarily hold it or touch it. Um, You can assign value to it, but it's all incredibly arbitrary. It's not like, you know, it's okay. (laughs) It's things like love and compassion and creativity, right? It's not brand name clothes. It's not large houses it's not you know things that you can touch and hold it's it's the way you feel when you're going through life right it's it's the moments to quote ruth b (laughs) the moments in between right it's you know when you're cooking you know and creating with people that you love and you're sharing that space you're breaking bread if you are listening to or making music and the feelings that come from that you know like it's it's those things that were kind of like the feelings that we get when we're engaging in those types of things are what we're looking for, but instead we're looking for it in man-made things. And this is also not just me talking about like, you know, well, money, cars, clothes, hoes, things like that. No, like, but even like I, I, I look at the eviction, right? If I want to really strip everything down, you know, do any of us really own land? You know what I mean? Let alone... <laughs> an apartment building, you know, uh, yes, we rent. Yes. I'm aware of this. Right. But these are all structures that like we as man have created, um, not things that were like inherent. Right. Um, and regardless of like your belief systems and stuff, right. Like no one, the earth didn't start with condos and taxes. Right. It started with nature. (laughs) And, um, the other point is that I was, the other way I was able to get to this point was because I took a picture. I was on a plane a couple of weeks ago going to Florida. And if you've listened to previous episodes, you know, I've got beef with that state um, directly tied to the eviction, but also just other things. And I was flying into Miami, Fort Lauderdale and the course that the plane took, we went over the water. So I was able to look at like the Miami beach landscape and I'll, I'll include a picture on the Instagram. You all can check it out. But I was looking at it and it was just really like, it was pretty. It was like, you know, you have the, the sky rise or the skyscraper, like apartment buildings and they're all like white and with the, with the windows. So the water is reflected in the window. So it looks white and blue and it's right on the beach and the beach looks nice and clean and it's a long expanse and it's just very like, it's very shiny and very just pretty. It's what I imagined people in like the forties thought the future was going to look like. And it was, it was kind of sexy too. And I was like, wow, like this is really pretty. And I took some pictures 
Um, and also, you know, blue is my favorite color. And so it was nice to see like the different shades of blue going on. I was like, yeah, babe. And in that moment, it was, you know, then we flew probably like through a cloud or whatever. And then the cloud blocks the view. And then, you know, anytime I'm in a plane, right, regardless, it's just like, wow, like clouds, the sky, like seeing the world from up there. It's like, yo, right. You kind of realize how insignificant you are, but also like how you are one of many. Anyway, maybe it's just me. But as I was looking at this Miami view, I was like, this is really pretty and like appealing to my eye. But this is not a moment where I'm looking at this and I'm saying, wow, look at what God can do, right? Like that's, that's not what this is. Two years ago when I went to Haiti and that was the first time I went as a, you know, not two-year-old, um, when you're flying into Haiti, you're flying over all the mountain ranges, right? And it's just nothing but like green and mountains and you see the rock formations and stuff like that. And so when I was flying into Haiti a couple of years ago, I was like, wow, that's God. Like, that is absolutely magnificent. That is spectacular. Look at nature at work, right? And while the Miami sky view was pretty and appealing to me, it wasn't natural, right? Like, it's it's not of nature. That is 100%. The beach was there, sure, but we definitely, you know, landscaped and urban planned it to be, you know, the way we see it now. Those buildings uh, were not here, <laughs> along with the Garden of Eden. You know what I mean? Like, that was that was created that was of man and while it was very beautiful it's it's not you know it's not something that was here before us um and it's not something that's going to be here after us in those mountains in Haiti they were right and so that for me I was literally on the plane we're getting ready to descend and I was like oh my god like that that's it and in that moment I was like you know I've been silently in the back of my head asking this question you know why do bad things happen to good people if I am a good person and I do good into this world I'm not doing good because I want to get something out of it I'm doing good because I'm going to do good but like damn it would be nice to have not been evicted in 2007 it would have been really nice to not have to figure out how I was going to pay my tuition for college you know it would be really nice to not have to deal with the struggles that my family is going through and why are they even going through those things those are good people right and it was it was that moment for me that made me realize oh these are good people who are going through life the way that we've as a species or the human race whatever the way we've kind of just developed and over the years over the centuries over the millennia you know, this is now what life is, or at least not all of it, right? But this is a, a very big chunk of what life is. And sure, life is made up of challenges. And again, my point being taxes weren't necessarily a challenge at, <laughs> at, at, at our inception, right? But that's something we've developed into an issue. And now, because of a man-made thing, are people experiencing life just negatively right like hunger and poverty is not something even logistically that should be happening right it's not like we're out of food we're not out of space we're not out of money and yet there are people who have none of those things and don't have access to those things because of man-made problems and I don't want anyone to like listen to this and think that I'm like diminishing these very real issues down to 
you know, just uh, improve your mindset about it and ignore it. Like, no, right? Because again, we all have to live with these things. Um, but my challenge, at least up until, you know, now that I'm, I'm up until now and what I'm working on unlearning is just like not, again, not assigning divine value to these man-made things, right? Like it has always saddened me to see people struggling, to see people going through things, especially if they don't have to be going through those things. Um, but like I said before, one, it's not my burden to bear. And even when it is something that's happening to me, I don't have to, um, I don't have to make these things like personal, right? Bad things happening to me are not necessarily like a reflection of like who I am as a person. Right. And I was, that's, that was, that was my, that was my logic for a very long time. And so it would be difficult for me to go through certain challenges because I just, I didn't look at it as challenges of life. And, you know, this, this is what it is. Even though I would say that, I would genuinely feel like there was a, a flaw internally um, that was preventing something from happening or causing something to happen. And I'm like, damn, like, what do I need to do to fix? What do I need to fix to prevent this from happening? And I could literally be like the model human being. And that's not going to stop any of the stuff that has happened to me from happening. You know what I mean? Um, and so right now, like I said, I'm in the space where I am trying to devalue a lot of these man-made things and put a, a harder emphasis on the, the things that I, that I characterize as like divine things, right? So I was talking to my mom and I was like, you know, we have to do more of the things that make us, you know, like want to kiss a loved one. We have to do more of the things that make us want to like, you know, walk out and start the day and like greet people and smile and say hello and ask them how they're doing. And that looks different for everybody. Right. Um, but I find that a lot of those feelings, like I said before, come from, in, you know, engaging in community with one another, creating in some capacity, using your hands or, you know, just just being active. You know, people garden, people bake bread they do pottery like all these things right um it could be you uh, you know solving a puzzle I don't know but pursuing those things is like what what we should be after at least that's that's the conclusion I'm coming to and it's it's happening in in bite-sized pieces but I find when I give myself again the, the space to be creative the, the space to be passionate about something um, the space to uh, be inquisitive about certain things. That's lately what's like really been filling me like in my soul. <laughs> and it is, I listen, it's making the days, uh, it's making the days a lot better and it's making me feel just really good. And it's also, uh, it's inspiring me as well. And it's, it's like a, it's a renewable uh, source of energy too, because it's like, I get inspired. I do certain things those things make me feel good. I'm inspired again. And you just kind of keep going into it. And like, yeah, I have to go to my job. Yes, I have to pay rent. Okay, right. I, I, me by myself, I am not in control of the fact that we all collectively live in a system where you have to pay to live. And there is quite literally nothing that I can do to stop that from happening for me and literally the rest of the globe. Okay, so that's not my responsibility. Well, what is my responsibility as I'm doing the things that, you know, I have to do in order to live the life that we're all living? I'm 100% going to make space in any way possible to do those other things that fill my soul.
So what is, what's the point? The point is, you know, I, I went on this long winded explanation of all of these things just to give you again, the full context, but also because I, I've found so much value in this kind of thought exercise. And, you know, I'm saying this to you right now, and it sounds all uh, peachy and butterflies and rainbows. Um, <laughs> and then if you ask any of my coworkers, you know, oh, like, you know, how's she doing and stuff? They have more than enough stories of days when I have come into the office and the vibes have just been completely off. Um, so <laughs> some days are better than others, but you know, at least, you know, this time last year, uh, you know, I was coming home, I was making a rum cocktail like every day. Now I come home and I just seek out those things. Like I said, that, that make me happy, that get me excited. Um, and that aren't necessarily tied to tangible things. Um, it's a healthier option. I definitely would say, and, you know, I, I I want to encourage you all to, to do that in some way. And do your best to find something that you can't necessarily touch. Or like, you know how we were younger? Oh my God, I sound like Steve. <laughs> but you know how when we were younger and like we would read books and we could just spend hours reading a book and it was like, you know, no bills, no cares, no responsibilities. Just read the book, go to bed, wake up, pick up the book, keep going. You know what I mean? Like, but it wasn't just reading the, like, of course the book was great. That's why you're reading it. But it wasn't just the book itself, right? It was also the feeling of, oh, I can't wait to find out what's going to happen next. Or, oh, I hope that, you know, the book turns out this way. Or I love, maybe we didn't know it at the time, but like we loved the freedom of being able to say, yes, I'm going to pick up a book. I'm going to spend seven hours just reading it. And or, you know, then I'm going to put it down and I'm going to have some snacks and watch Hey Arnold, like whatever it was. Um, but you know, it, that, that's the feeling, right? So it's not, it's not the book per se, or not just the book, but it's also, it's the feeling associated with, with that. And like I said, it could be anything, painting, doing a puzzle, baking some bread, playing Animal Crossing. But like, what, what is the associated feeling? I, I encourage you all to, to find a thing or a bunch of things that have, um, that have a quality about them that just kind of fills you up on the inside. And you, you'll know the feeling when, when you find it. Right. Um, and like I said before this season, I'm leaving you all with questions to ponder. And so for this episode, I want to ask you all, um, how old were you when you first learned that you weren't invincible? And, um, you know, what are your thoughts on that now? So like I said today, uh, I was uh, I was 10. I was 10 years old, about to be 11. Is when I first learned I wasn't invincible. Um, and that was a bad thing at the time, right? Because again, like I said, I was bearing a lot of burdens that weren't mine to bear. And so I said, well, if I'm not invincible, how am I going to, how am I going to solve the world's problems? Now, even though I'm still very much invincible, <laughs> It's not about me solving the world's problems, but it's more about, okay, yeah, I can't do everything. So what can I do? What will I do in order to make this life worth living and make it exciting and make sure that, 
the people that I impact at the very least, right? It's not going to be the whole world, but the people in my world, how am I going to make sure that I and them are good and that I leave this place better than I found it? What, what, if, what are my contributions going to be? Even though I'm invincible, doesn't mean I still can't make shit happen. And so I will. And so that's my question to you all. How old were you when you first learned that you weren't invincible? And sitting with that truth, what are you going to do to still make your pocket of the world better? And that's it. <laughs> that's it for this episode. Um, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for coming back. Um, like I said, I mean, like I didn't mean for it to be a heavy episode, but listen, that's what we do here. We get down to the nitty gritty, the meat and potatoes. Um, so I look forward to hearing what your answers are. I also want to say thank you to any of you who tuned in live to the Z Day Toast and to any of you who tuned in later on and watched the IGTV of it. Um, I appreciate you all. Thank you so much for, you know, supporting this platform, supporting me and this platform and all the work that I'm doing, all the work that we're doing collectively. It's just a really exciting time. You know, this podcast, for example, is something that fills me, right? I'm not here because, oh, yeah, let's make money now, right? If that happens, I'm not about to be like, no, okay? No, of course not. That's that's a bonus, but it's a bonus, this platform was a release for me when I got it started and it allowed me to, you know, put my feelings out there and not catch a hand cramp because I was journaling and it's continuing to grow and I'm growing with it. But the fact that I have this thing to work on and to, to care about, it makes me very happy. Every time I sit down to do work for it, I get lost because I can just, I can literally sit and do this stuff for hours it's not healthy, though, because I have to go to sleep because I do have a day job. <laughs> um, but that's what I mean. Right. So find a thing for you. Um, you know, a college roommate of mine once was talking about life and she said, you know, you'll never make it out alive about life. And I was like, well, we're not right. We're not meant to be invincible. So with that truth. What are we going to do about it? You know, what are we going to do to make this life incredibly special and make sure that we are enjoying as many of its moments as possible? So sit with that. Let me know your thoughts. Thank you for tuning in again. Find your thing if you haven't already. And it can be multiple things, too. I can't wait to hear what you all have to say. And I will see you in the next episode. Toodles. <laughs>